I'm excited to be down here with you all today. I don't get down here as often as I might like, and it's fun to be here. And we are in the fifth week of our six-week series, Making Sense of the Bible. We've been traveling through the Bible over these last four weeks, seeing the whole Old Testament, the whole New Testament. And last week, we started what I think are two very interesting weeks where we try to take the Bible and have it hit the ground. Last week, looking at violence in the Bible. And this week, looking at science and the Bible. Not science in, but science and the Bible. And I'm very excited about this. In fact, I wasn't preaching this week, but I love science. And so my confession to you, which is sort of a nerd confession, is that I love science. I read pop science books for fun. And so don't tell anybody. For those of you who have ever taken a science class, how many? Who's taking a science class, right? Right. It's a pretty universal thing. We've all been familiar with science. And I think that for most of us, science can sort of question perhaps our faith. When we read certain things in scripture, we may have in the back of our mind, that kind of didn't happen, or maybe that didn't happen, or if I believe that that really happened, does that mean that I'm somehow denying what I've been shown is true in a scientific sense? And we're going to try and kind of vet that a little bit today. First off, starting places matter. And I want us to make sure that we have ground rules set. And for those of you who've been here these last few weeks, you know that as Anglican Christians, as Episcopalians, we interpret the Bible. That is not something we can toss off very quickly. Interpretation means that we do not take the Bible literally. We look at the Bible, unlike many of our other Christian brothers and sisters, those who may go to other church, we won't say who, They may see scripture as something literal. What I like to say all the time is that I do not want us to take the Bible literally, but I want it to take take it literally. We need to know what is in the Bible, and we need to honor that it is all true. And yet, the literal understanding of who went where and did that thing and all of those things is not necessary for us to be faithful. Instead, We bring our minds to faith. We bring our minds to this walk with Christ. And when things look like they might conflict, we can actually begin to ask better questions. And in doing so, really dig deeper into the truth. So this week, as we talk about science in the Bible, I want to define a few things. Faith. Faith is something that is unseen. Faith is what we transfer from person to person. It is belief in what we cannot, in many ways, tangibly touch or prove, and yet it is true. Science, on the other hand, sort of the flip side of that coin, is something that has been a theory and has been proven through observable evidence as true. Now, we've all taken science classes, as we showed, and how many of us remember the scientific method Right? The scientific method is really valuable because it says when you've got a question, figure out a hypothesis, make a guess, gather a bunch of data, do an experiment, and then draw a conclusion. And the real gift of the scientific method is it can be repeated. Right? That was always important. You couldn't go do an experiment, have some wild conclusion, and then have no one else be able to verify right? It's something that you can do over and over again and make sure you prove as true. Faith is something wholly different. It is really something you cannot prove, and yet you know it's true. 
For many of us, we received this kind of faith from our parents or maybe our grandparents. Some of us may be here, though, because of a friend. It is likely that we have come to this point in our lives where we think this stuff is important enough to do regularly, to come to church and be reminded of what we already knew, but we forgot during the week. And in doing so, renew and refresh, solidify this kind of life that we want to live. Even if we cannot prove that all these things took place, we know that they are true. In other words... The Bible and science can together help us get to a deeper truth because they ask two very different questions. Science asks the questions, how does the world work? How do we not float up off the ground? How do we actually rotate around the sun? How do these things happen? Faith tries to answer the question, why? We may know the how and be able to prove it, but it will never actually show us why we are here, why it is that we are given life at all. And it's faith with science that help us dig deeper and deeper to what is the most profound truth possible. Now, as I mentioned before, I love science. I love to read science books all the time, and I think that one example of the way that science can inform our faith was found for me in a book called Musicophilia. Musicophilia was written by a neurologist, and he studied the way that music impacted neurological disorders. He took that little alien head thing and put it on, I'm a scientist, right? The alien head thing that you put on top of someone's head and actually measured brain waves of those who had major neurological disorders. The one story I remember very clearly is a man who had such severe Tourette's that he could never stop shaking and twitching and yelling, except when he was playing music. And what the neurologist proved, and what has been repeated many times, is that music overwhelms the brain. It uses more of your brain than any other activity we can do. And when it overwhelms the brain, all of those other things quiet down, allowing things like Tourette's to be silent at least while you're engaging in music. Now, science has proven that that is true, but how do we use that here? For me, when we sing together, we actually experience the divinity of God, the presence of God in a way that almost nothing else can do. And it's because our brains are quieted. It's shown you can't really think about anything else when you're singing because it takes too much of your brain power. You can't worry about that stuff that you were worrying about before you came in. You can't make lists of to-doing things because you're singing. And music, no matter what a good sermon is, right? I mean, you know, at St. Michael, they're pretty good. I'm just saying. But no matter what I say to you, something can trigger little tangents, right? Like I'm going to say to you right now that if I mention to you a grocery list or that thing you have to do on Tuesday morning, you are chasing a rabbit right now, trying to wonder what that thing is, right? Making those lists and thinking about what you have to do. But in a minute when we sing, you will not be able to think of those things again. We use the power proven by science to help us get deeper to the reality of God. 
And in doing so, we figure out the why that we are here. There was an NPR story a few months ago, and if it was on PR, it's probably true, that <laughs> scientists studied heart rhythms of people in church when they sang together. They literally took hundreds of people multiple different times, put those little heart monitors on their fingers, and had them start singing together. At the beginning, everyone's heart rhythm was different. And yet, as they began to sing, within 30 seconds, heart beats became synchronized. Isn't that incredible? The way in which, when we come together, we do something together, we actually become synchronized to a greater purpose beyond ourselves. This reminds me of this past Thursday. We hosted a pretty significant event here at St. Michael where we brought the Archbishop of Canterbury and the presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church together for a little conversation. First time the two of them have ever been together in a church in America, and the conversation was, was quite good. But at the end, when I pushed them a little bit, by asking them what people should hear them say. If someone only heard one thing from their message, what would it be? The easy answer was, we're supposed to love each other. It's obvious that our world is divided. You can't even watch the news or read anything anymore without seemingly being put in one camp or the other. People trying to divide us. And yet what these bishops said was that what unites us is always more than what divides us. That in Christ, we can disagree on anything and yet be unified to a greater purpose beyond ourselves. When we choose to love, we choose to act on something that is not provable. You cannot prove that love is real. And yet how many of us would say it's not? Love is that fundamental faith that we are not alone, that we do not have to be afraid, and that when we come together, we share a purpose that goes way beyond any one of us. That together, when we bring our disagreements to the table and put love at the center, we can always overcome anything together. That's the message that Jesus gives us in Scripture that's why we do what we do. We learn about our world and how stuff works in order to better understand why we are here in the first place. Put those things together and we get a much richer, more profound, more impactful faith than we can ever have on our own. Faith is what is unseen, not untrue. Science allows us to get at a truth that helps our faith become real, gives it legs, hit the ground to actually make change in the world for the good. And so as we leave this place today, never feel like you have to leave your brain at the door here because when you bring it in and when you really vet these ideas, you become a better disciple of Jesus. Let's pray. God, you bring us here today with many questions and yet with the faith that you are real and that you will be with us every step of the way. Let us never feel alone, never feel scared, 
when you are with us. Guide us and inspire us that when we choose to do small things in love, we can actually change the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.